Good morning, good morning. I'll tell you that one in the water with the whale, that's the scariest thing on the planet. I was like, which one would I least like to do? It's the water one with the whale swimming around. That's a terrifying. I would rather hang on that rock or I'm wingsuited. That's so craziness. Oh man. So uh, good morning. Glad you guys are here this morning. Let's start out with the shouts that we love to do. What do we do? Love God and love others. What do we say? I love God and I love you. And I hope that's true for you. We shout it out every, uh, every single Sunday and, and I pray that gets ingrained in your soul because that's what we're trying to do as a church. Those are our two simple things. Our mission statement is to love God and to love others. And so I'm glad you're here and I hope you're participating in that. In the series we're finishing up today, this is our third week in it. In this series, we have seen that we were created to matter, which enables us to risk it. And we saw that risk really is just faith that steps out to receive reward. So today we're going to talk about dreaming big and, and risking it as we dream big. Uh, there is a video to check out right here. I'd like you to see this on Operation Christmas Child, just really a one minute section right here. So go ahead and show that video. Three, two, one. At the count of three, when children open the shoe boxes, they're so excited. I mean, this has just been incredible. Kids are so excited, giving them a gift, do it in Jesus' name, and that's what this is all about. It's a gospel opportunity. It's the chance for the children to change the entire life. The word of God is spreading. The gospel is advancing. It is impacting children. It is impacting families. It is impacting the world greatly. Thank you for praying. Thank you for giving. God will bless, and God will use your gift to touch the life of a child and to be able to do it in Jesus' name. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of it. God bless each and every one of you. That's a little bit about the Operation Christmas Child. Like our Arrows Ministry, they've given us the opportunity over the last few years to be participants in this. And, and so we have boxes you can pick up right here. Um, if you can't get down to church to pick up a box, you know you can actually just fill a regular shoebox, print a label on it, slap it on there. You can drop it off at the, uh, there's a site, Operation Christmas site in Brea. You could drop it off here at any time. You could let me know uh, or anyone know that's coming to church regularly, drop it off at their house. Uh, any way that you kind of want to do that. And I did want to mention this because Operation Christmas Child started because some believers, some Christians, they were willing to dream beyond their own ability. They were willing to dream big. You see, Operation Christmas Child started in the summer of 1993 when uh, Franklin Graham received a call from this guy in England asking that if he'd be, if he'd be willing to fill a few shoeboxes with toys for some kids who were in the war-torn area of Bosnia at the time. And Franklin agreed, uh, figuring like Christmas time was months and months away, and so he just agreed, and he forgot about the promise until he received a, a call back around Thanksgiving time asking for the gifts. Now, so Franklin then uh, sort of, I think, panicked, and he called his friend, uh, who's now passed away, the late Pastor Ross Rhodes of Calvary, Chab uh, Calvary Church in Charlotte. And he said, hey, hey, Pastor Rhodes, can you help us out? And uh, that uh, Pastor Rhodes said, sure. And he brought it to his congregation. And, and a, a Sunday shortly afterward, pa Pastor Rhodes demonstrated for his congregation how to fill a shoebox full of toys and essentials. And he encouraged them to put a letter inside of that box for those kids. Due to their generosity and additional gifts, 
from another uh, couple groups in Canada. Uh, that very first uh, year, Samaritan's Purse sent out 28,000 shoeboxes to children in the Balkans that Christmas. That was in 1993. Every year since, Samaritan Purse has collected shoeboxes filled with toys, essential school supplies for children around the world. Since 1993, more than 178 million shoeboxes have been delivered to children in need in over 150 different countries all throughout this planet. The project delivers not only joy uh, of what for some kids is their very first gift ever, but it also gives a tangible expression of God's love. And, and uh, every time they deliver those gifts, they give the gift of eternal salvation through the gospel, which is shared with every single box. So these boxes are given to churches, and churches distribute them, but only after the kids listen to a little bit about Jesus Christ. You see, now Operation Christmas Child is we're talking about hundreds of millions of kids have been touched by this. That's a crazy number. But that dream was that that big dream was was started with just one person and then shared with just a couple of persons. First it was this guy in England who had the idea to do it. He didn't have any resources, he didn't have anything, but he just had the idea. He went there and he saw, well, these kids could really use a Christmas present. So then he talks to Franklin Graham, who thought it was a good idea, and he calls his other friend, Pastor Rhodes. And this huge thing comes from just a couple of men who are willing to step out in faith. They cannot have done it on their own ability. Pastor Rhodes can't pack millions of boxes. And he's passed away anyway. It is impossible to take place in their own ability, which leads us to our very first principle for today as we're talking about risk it, dream big. Principle number one is this. Risk it demands a dream bigger than our ability. Look, it's not risk if you could do it. At least not the risk kind of risk that I'm talking about, like a God risk, a faith risk, a, a kingdom risk. Look, here's the big one for our series. Your risk has to be beyond your ability. You must need to step out in faith. You must need God's help, not just want God's help. We've been seeing Abraham the last two weeks. We're going to see him again today. In Hebrews chapter 11, this is in the New Testament now, talking back about Abraham and, and faith and how this kind of works. In Hebrews 11, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and he went, even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as is Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. You see, when, when God asked Abraham to leave his country and go to a brand new land, that wasn't something in his life planned. It wasn't something that he was prepared to do. He didn't have the skill set to do it. He wasn't a conqueror. He wasn't like a warrior king. Uh, he was not qualified to do the thing that God was asking him to do. He was just a shepherd guy who had some crops sometimes. The faith ask, the dream, was bigger than his ability. You see, the risk has to be bigger than your ability or your capacity to achieve it. If God had asked him 
to buy three sheep. There's no risk. He could budget out, figure out how to buy three sheep. If God had asked him to move just one town away, that's not a geographical risk. He could probably move one town away without any help from God. Just like without any help from God, he could have bought these sheep. It's not a financial risk. What I'm talking about today is getting close enough to God and dedicated enough to God that we would take whatever risk God asks us to take, especially not fearing the risks that are beyond our own ability, just like Abraham did. Another incredible group that that's exploded in this world and helped many people is Compassion International. Now, this is taken from their website about Compassion International. More than 70 years ago, Reverend Everett Swanson flew from Chicago to South Korea to minister to some American troops who were fighting in the Korean War. During his time there, he grew increasingly troubled by the sights of hundreds of war orphans living on the street who were abandoned by society. One morning, he saw city workers scoop up what looked like piles of rags and toss them into the back of a truck. And he walked up to the truck for a closer look, and he was horrified to see that the piles were not rags, but the frozen bodies of orphans who had died overnight in the street. Swanson couldn't turn his back on these unwanted children, and he vowed to find a way to help them. Appalled by the great numbers of small, shivering, and starving war orphans on the street, Reverend Swanson began including his experiences in Korea into his revival meetings. And Christians responded by donating funds to purchase rice and and fuel for the children. Soon after, he developed a special sponsorship programs for individuals, families, or churches to help support orphans for a few dollars a month. The sponsorship money provided biblical lessons, food, clothing, and shelter, medical aid on a regular basis. So to handle the funds and to attend to the day-to-day businesses of ministering to the orphans, Reverend Swanson formed a nonprofit organization, Everett Swanson Evangelistic Association, and he established that in the basement of his own apartment. By September 1961, the Everett Swanson Evangelistic Association supported 108 orphanages and homes in South Korea. So two years later, Reverend Swanson was becoming increasingly uneasy with seeing his name representing a growing ministry and inspired by Jesus' words in Matthew 15, 32, I have compassion on the multitude. I will not send them away hungry. He changed the name uh, of the Everett Swanson Evangelical Association to Compassion, what we know today as Compassion International. Currently, there are more than 2 million kids who are sponsored through Compassion International. In over 25 uh, receiving countries, sponsored by hundreds of other countries. You see, this this big dream was well beyond a single person. This pastor can't possibly do this huge thing where millions of, of, of hurting kids are taken care of. Yet, yet it became a reality because of his willingness, a single person's willingness to risk it. Otherwise, it doesn't happen if he's not willing to step out beyond his own ability. Principle number two for risk it, dream big is this. Risk requires you to put something that is meaningful to you on the line. Otherwise, it's not really risk. You see, like if you're in an argument with your friends and you say, well, I bet my friend's life on that. 
No risk to you, right? I'm always willing to bet my friend's life on something else. But if any of you who know me, uh, if ever you heard me say, call a bet, what do I always call? I always say, like, I'll bet you a nickel or a shiny dime, something like that, because I don't want to actually risk anything to bet anyone anything. And so I'm not really willing to risk anything that, that I don't want to lose. But real risk requires that you put something you care about in play. Again, Abraham. Hebrews 11 and 17. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, he offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it's through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Like Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. What is more meaningful, parents? What is more meaningful to a parent than our kids? Nothing. Yet Abraham is willing to risk his greatest treasure. The God asked him to literally like sacrifice, as in kill dead, asked him to sacrifice his son. That was something like as a parent, like that's, that's just a no way. That's too much to ask. God was asking him to risk the most precious thing to him on the planet. See, when God asks you to dream big, to risk it, then it will involve putting the things you care about on the line. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll lose that thing. See, Abraham didn't. But, but maybe you will. But the good news is that even if you lost the thing that you were risking, God is so good, he will take care of it. So risk requires you to let go and to trust God with all the important stuff. Maybe... For you, financial security, like that's your thing. And so maybe for you, what if God said the big dream for you is to let go of your financial security, laying all of that on the line for him? Maybe God says, you know what I want you to do? I want you to start a business, and I want you to give 57% of your profits to, to support an orphanage. I mean, that's a big dream. You've you got to quit your job. You've got to start a new business. You, but I, how, how can I if I give the profits away if, 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 if? Maybe God asked that big dream of you. Perhaps it's a comfortable life. Like so, so meaningful to me. Like I, I love my comfortable life. But would I leave it to follow the big dream that God gives to me? What, what if God asked you to be a worship pastor? Like, think about that. I mean, dang, like, that's risky. Because where's the money in that? You're a young person. God says, be a, be a, be a music pastor. You're like, um, I just can't see. That doesn't seem like a good idea. Imagine trying to tell your parents, hey, mom and dad, I'm going to become a worship pastor. That's almost as bad as, like, mom and dad, I'm going to be a painter. They're like, like, as in, like, an artist painter. They're like, no, where's the money in that? Or a political science major. No, where's the job in that, right? Something... What if God asked you to follow Barnabas' example and sell a property and give the entire amount of the profit to the church? Like, your friends will think you're nuts. They'll say, what, what do you belong to, a cult? Like, why are you giving all that, like, the, all the money, not just a little, like, 10%, like, you know, your tithe. What if, what if God told you to give all of the money from a sale of one of your properties to the church like Barnabas did? That will sound insane. 
Your friends will be like, you're so stupid. Why would you give it to the church? Isn't that place corrupt anyway? Like, do you really trust that? Can I possibly trust the church with my hard-earned money? There, there won't be any understanding. Maybe you'll justify, well, God doesn't need my money anyway, you know? But that big dream may be something that requires great risk. You see, risk will involve trusting God with your most important or valuable things. Look, I worry that our problem isn't that God doesn't have big ideas or big dreams for us. I'm worried that we aren't open to them because we're scared, too scared to risk it. Which leads us to our third principle. See, risk it requires faith and God. Faith enables us to dream past our ability to follow the God dream, even though we're scared. And here we have Abraham again. In Romans 4.13, it was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. Faith is the catalyst, the core component, which allowed Abraham to risk it, to dream big. The acknowledgement that God's got to do it and the trust that follows from that acknowledgement. For us today, it's something like Galatians 3.14. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Look, you can only dream big if by faith you are open to listening to God's voice, open to the promise that the Holy Spirit has for us. Abraham was open to God. He was obedient when he was called by God. And what kind of faith and trust it must have taken him to be willing to leave his people, to be willing to sacrifice his son Isaac. In fact, it, it had to be a God thing. Because if God was going to create a nation through Isaac, a miracle was needed to be performed. God was necessary in the equation. Additionally, like let's say his son had died, Abraham was way too old to have another kid. He was past 100 at this point. So faith and God were required. Two years ago when we were in Thailand, uh, one of the, the, the director of Hand to Hand, the organization we were working with, and many of you know this, she came up to me and she asked me if I would be able to find a one-on-one -on -one prayer sponsor for each one of their children that were in the program. Now one-on-one -on -one meant one person sponsoring one kid. And so, well, how many kids do you have in the program? 108 kids. I'll look at our church. I'm thinking like maybe I, at the time I was like maybe 30 of our people would do it. Like I don't know if you know about our church, but we even if 100% of our people, like adults, did it, like that's we don't have enough adults to do that. And besides, our, our like uh, email return is like 8 to 12%. So I'm like, I'm not sure we could get eight people to do this. So I went away, prayed about it a little bit for a day or so. When we went back, I was like, you know what? Let's do this. Like, I, I, I'm going to step out in faith and do this. I believe GRC will step out in faith and, and, and we'll agree to this big risk. Like, I never to agree to things that, I, that I'm not going to accomplish. I don't, I don't put my word out there unless I'm going to do it. And so I was like, God, you got to do this one. Not that I doubted our church at all because I didn't doubt at all. I promise I didn't. But it was a faith risk. 
And so we brought that back to you guys, and, and every one of those kids got a one-to-one prayer sponsor. I, mean, I didn't even realize some of our kids would pray for their kids. And some of you would ask your, your neighbors or your friends, or, or we have people that are on the East Coast that have joined us in praying of this program a couple of years ago. That is so cool. It took faith and it took God. It wasn't in our own ability. Because a side note here, when I, when I say big dreams, that's a little bit relative. Because some of you, it's a huge risk if right now you simply hit the share button on that YouTube channel that you're watching this from and you share this to your Facebook page or somewhere else. For some of you, that's a huge risk that you've never taken before, and you're scared to take it, and you're worried about what will come with it. For some of you, it feels like a huge risk to invite a friend to come to church. And I acknowledge that sometimes the big risk that God asks of us maybe doesn't seem big to someone else, but it doesn't matter what someone else thinks. This is between you and God. There were, speaking of that Thailand trip, there was a, a friend of ours who went with us, uh, Mark. You guys, he used to be at our church, now he's up at Seattle, maybe watching today, Mark Villasenor. Now, we were going to Thailand to work with kids, but Mark doesn't like kids, and he doesn't like working with kids, and he doesn't have kids, and he doesn't want to have kids. And doesn't, not that he doesn't like your kids. Your kids are very nice. But he doesn't want to be around them. He has never volunteered to be a teacher. That's not interested. He doesn't want to do Sunday school. And yet he agreed to go, and he knew that like he, he can't go comfortably. He, he doesn't kind of want to go, but he felt that God was asking him to go. And so he's like, okay, God, I'll go. Even though I don't want to go, I'm not comfortable to go, but I'm going to step out of faith and I'm going to trust you, God, to go beyond what I am able to do in my own comfort zone, able to do by myself. And God used him powerfully among the Thai people and in our team. So much so that when before COVID, when we were going to go last summer, from Seattle, Mark called and said, hey, can I come down and go back to the kids ministry with you guys that's some powerful work mark dreaming of a bigger dream than he had the ability to fulfill he needed faith and he needed god look as you become open to the idea of risk it you might have a couple of questions or you might have one question how do i know if this dream is from god well ask yourself just a few questions Does it benefit his kingdom or yours? Does it lead people to him or to you? Does it bless his people or you? Does it point eyes in his direction or in yours? Does it help just one person not named you or your spouse? See, the big dream is all about building God's kingdom about a faith risk, not just a regular type of worldly risk. We're talking about a faith risk where God puts a dream in your heart and and you don't have the ability and it's going to cost you something maybe. And you can't possibly do it without God and without trusting him. That's the kind of faith risk I'm talking about. That's the big dream we're talking about today. My big dream for you is that each of you experience God's fullness in your life 100%. Bam! That's it. And my big dream for this church is to see the lost found and the the broken to be healed, to actually love God and to love other people thoroughly. And you guys, 
The big dream that God has for me is to become the pastor that Jericho Road Church needs to accomplish those previous two things. I've been praying about it for many, many months. God, what's your big dream for me? And this church, this calling, this walking with you, being able to shepherd this church is God's big dream in my life. And I'm so thankful that I get to follow it. I don't have the ability. I don't have the, the resources. There, there's a risk involved with it, but, but I have faith, and it's going to be a God thing as he continues to allow me to serve and bless this church. Final analysis. Risk big. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is that you die. But wouldn't that be awesome? Because then you're like in heaven with God. So you might as well go for it. You were created for this. The reward is immeasurable. So let's risk it and and dream God's dream. Let's take a minute and say, God, we're open to you. I've never been, and I'm scared to pray this. But I want to be open to hear your big dream for me. Would you just pray that in your own words, and then we're going to worship. Thank you.